That's right. It, it, there, there has to be at least one screw up so that we know it's live. We're learning as we go. All right. Great. Well, welcome everyone to the very first Shop Talk Live. So this is the first time that we're actually recording one of these live. Uh, we do this as kind of a recurring series before, usually before a production. So we talk to the um, artists in the show, we talk to the directors, but this is the first time we're doing it in front of a live audience. So this is exciting. I'm Nicole Lossie. I'm a member of the creative team here at Drama Shop and uh, primarily the social media manager and Shop Talk co-producer. And uh, tonight I'm thrilled to be joined by several incredibly talented individuals to talk about something very near and dear to Drama Shop's core and mission, theater in process. So first, please welcome uh, Drama Shop Artistic Director Zach Flock. Hello. Hey. And you at home can't tell if I'm clapping for myself. Oh, you know what? I am. Self-advocate. Um, now, I was trying to remember when we were getting ready for this, how many shows, let's see if you remember, have yeah. you directed at Drama Shop? I believe 15. 15 14, shows? 15 maybe with Crumble. Which I haven't started yet, so well, I guess 14. That's the next production. Congratulations. First of all, Castless went out earlier today yeah. for uh, the next production, Crumble, Lay Me Down, Justin Timberlake. Exactly. Well, I want to start with you from literally just the very beginning. What to you is, I mean, because you brought it with Drama Shop, what is theater in process? What does that mean? Yeah, so for us, that's kind of been our sort of unofficial tagline from the start. And um, it's really because, you know, when, when we were first starting Drama Shop, there was a group of us, about five of us who were talking about, you know, what's what's missing in the Erie landscape? Where's there a, a, a niche that maybe we could find and, and help support in the community? And for us, that was a different kind of theater than what others are doing. And again, it's not a value statement. It's not about mm -hmm. better or worse. Um, but it's the idea of um, really focusing on the process of theater, the, the creative process. Um, those of us who were kind of involved from the beginning were talking about what we like or didn't like in other experiences. And... You know, a lot of times you get into the habit of sort of block, run, repeat, mm -hmm. um, and maybe you're not getting a lot of notes or getting into character development or arcs and objectives and all that fun stuff that, that we as actors kind of love to um, explore and, and dig into. Um, and so that was something that we felt like, you know, there's a lot of us who would love to focus on that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, particularly in a, in a city where we have a, a couple of um, colleges and universities where students are doing theater who maybe take a more academic approach to it and who want to get into that kind of stuff. Um, we wanted to create a place where they felt like their interests and their needs were being served as artists as well. So that was kind of a core idea of who we were as an organization. And the, the phrase theater in process was kind of the, the descriptor of that, right? Mm -hmm. That let's focus on the work. Let's focus on exploring text. Let's focus on character development. Let's do our homework because a lot of us are, are big theater nerds and that's really fun and exciting for sure. us. So yeah, so that's sort of kind of what it means. And that was such an important part of what we all were saying is this is who we want to be. This is what we want Drama Shop to be. That really it became our tagline. And then when we redesigned our logo, it became a part of our logo. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. When you when you first were thinking about that as kind of a philosophy, did you know that that was literally going to be the words on the page that you used yeah, as? Yeah, not on the logo. And in fact, our original logo, it wasn't a part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, it was we like had the more stamp. of a spray paint stamp kind mm -hmm. of design at first. And that's then vintage now. It is. It is. And we decided to sort of... Uh, uh, what is it like upscale up what is the phrase up, upcycle cycle it no. yeah sure that's yeah it. we'll go with that um, but yeah so then we really wanted to, to like bake it into the to the logo and really make it a part of who we are as an organization so mm -hmm. um, you know it's a play off of theater in in progress right mm -hmm. the idea of being in progress but then process so mm -hmm. yeah and is that kind of informed some of the things that we're doing now, I mean, through our education and through outreach and things, it seems like that sort of is helping Drama Shop grow in now, what is it, eighth, ninth? Ninth. Ninth season. Yeah. It sort of started with the onstage part, but I mean, did that kind of lead to some of the other activities that we do now? Yeah, so by having it so present and something that we all sort of repeat as a mantra, um, it did make it, it serves as a healthy reminder, whether it's in the, in the rehearsal process or when we're planning our, our programming for the next season to step back and go, okay, if we're about process, again, that's not just rehearsing a show. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole lot more to it. There's discussions like these. Mm -hmm. There's um, workshops. There's our director emeritus lecture. Our, our director emeritus, Sean Clerkin, is here tonight. Mm -hmm. um, so Book yeah. club. I mean. Book club. Yeah, yeah. All of those things that we really wanted to say and we really made a conscious effort going into season nine to say, 
that programming has value. That programming is not something that others are really um, investing a lot of time and energy and focus in. So let's make sure that that's something that's a priority for Drama Shop and for our, our community. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it's really appreciated. Good. I appreciate I, it. I hope so. Thank I mean, you. it's fun for us, you know, so if nothing else, mm-hmm. we enjoy it. <laughs> cool. Was well, there anything else you want to add before we bring in? We have some great panelists. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, to bring them in and, and start chatting. I'm staring at several of them right now. <laughs> and I'm anxious to hear what they <laughs> have to true. say. That's true. We don't have to pretend like we can't see each other, even if you can't hear us. But uh, yeah, let's bring in our first two panelists for tonight. Drama Shop creative team member, Michael Haas and uh, Nora Schillinger, who's also on the Drama Shop board. They are both regulars on and off stage here at Drama Shop and are both actually appearing in the uh, currently running Small Mouth Sounds, which will return right here to the stage that we are on right now on uh, this Friday night, which tickets are still available for uh, Small Mouth Sounds, but don't wait to reserve them uh, because they were going fast last weekend. So yeah. do we have a count by any stretch? We don't need Opening one. I'm weekend. putting it on I'm sure spot. we do. <laughs> I, I don't have that what count right now. <laughs> but I didn't need to put you on the spot. But yeah, dramashop.org to, uh, to look for those tickets to Small Mouth Sounds returning Friday night. But Michael and Nora, welcome. Thank you so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank oh, yeah, you. we can applaud for them. <laughs> so, Michael, I'll start with you. How did you start acting? Um, I started acting at, I was going to say Mercer's Prep, but actually it was before that. Our grade school would put on little tiny, like, there. They were they were really not great. Like even for grade school, they were well, particularly poor. Well, the principal <laughs> wrote them, and so they were Wait. like very original. That's and, a whole new level of yeah. So it's not even like no license, nothing. Uh, so it's just like a bunch of public domain shows. Give me an example. I was gonna say, do you have any names? Um, it was like a modified adaptation of the Jungle Book. <gasps> I and who that. did you play? I played the King of the Monkeys. Yes. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Right. Right. Nora, top I'll, that. I'll bet you yeah. nailed it, too. Oh, I, <laughs> I bet you were amazing. I, I was. <laughs> Nora, how about you? Um, well, the first show that I was ever in, I, I was in like uh, kindergarten or first grade. Uh, we put on The Ugly Duckling, and I was the narrator, probably because I had the best skill at reading in the class. Yeah. So I just basically read, and people were in little costumes behind me. Nice. That's adorable. And then that's really um, all it is. I mean, that's like ninety percent of it. Yeah, right. It. That's um, process. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. Do you know how to read? So what congratulations. You came for. You're um, in. Yeah, and then I did a bunch of stuff in high school, and yeah, you know. And now you're here. And now I'm here. How did you come to Drama Shop? Uh, I found Drama Shop through uh, another Drama Shop alum, I guess you could call her, Alex Holbrook. Um, She and I teach together at Gannon, and during the first semester that I was there, um, we shared an office, and uh, she was talking to me about all these cool theater she was doing or had done, and I was like, I want to do that too. I miss doing theater. And I auditioned. And here I am. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to say, you say it in all your curtain speeches. I mean, word of mouth is the number one way. To get butts in seats. And, and butts on stages. I get, thank right. you. Sorry, I didn't mean to you step know, over you. Knew, no. Please, <laughs> you knew where I was going with it, which is even better. So you guys have done work both on stage, off stage. I've done some directing and stuff. But I want to start as on the acting side. Um, do you have sort of a standard approach when it comes to approaching a new piece of work when you're going to start kind of getting into it as far as your process and what that means to you? Well, the first part of the process is uh, clearly imposter syndrome. Like, why am I doing this? Who picked me for this? Why is this even happening to me? Um, and then I don't even, I, I don't. Crippling anxiety. Right. Step crippling one. anxiety is Write actually that down, step everybody. one. Um, step two, I don't know. Step three, profit. Uh, <laughs> but, the, uh, And then just kind of, I don't know, I like to read through the show and kind of try to figure out, like, where does my character fit in in this world? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it seems so trite to talk about, what are my motivations? But, you know, you kind of have to think about, like, Do you have a pen? I need to cross my next question off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, where where is my character coming from in Mm -hmm. this particular Place, Do I you guess. find that you like to know more about the world surrounding your character going into it, or do you like to just kind of jump in? I kind of just like to jump in okay. and just sort of figure it out mm-hmm. from there. Um, I have a tendency to fly by the seat of my pants in everything that I do. I don't <laughs> know why I do that, but here I am. <laughs> so uh, cool, Michael. Yeah. Do you did that help inspire you 
to come up with an answer? Yes, please talk It now. did. <laughs> so my process has kind of changed. So when I started, I was very focused on like details and like, ah, yes, this is my character. And like, this is all the details about my character. And now I know, you know, the kind of uh, Paula Barrett answers to questions of like what does my character eat for breakfast mm. and that will help inform me and now I'm much more like yeah, let's, <laughs> let's figure it out as we go like uh, the Sean Clerkin <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is depending on the specific show I mean it's obviously a sliding scale there will be shows where I get so bogged down into the details that I'm like this is very helpful, but this is a lot of details. And there are some where I walk away from a show being like, I don't really know if I know that my character at all, but I think I did an all right job. Yeah, so that, that leads me to the current production, Small Mouth Sounds, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a sort of different show to approach. Um, for those who haven't seen it yet, well, you need to, first of all. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, second of all, it's a show that's almost entirely uh, void of dialogue. Um, there's, it's a silent retreat is basically the premise of it. Um, so your characters, we have a clip we're going to play, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. So yeah, that was a clip from small mouth sounds. Really thought provoking. If that doesn't get you there, I don't know what will. Um, but so how does a process or how does your process change when you're working on a show like that? Um, and I should mention the script starts with, I think, what, six pages of character descriptions, yeah. mm-hmm. things that are not necessarily mentioned in the show at any point, but that are there for your use. Um, so how does your process change when you're working on a piece like that, as opposed to um, Nora, you were in the humans last year or um, Michael, you were in I don't know, fun home is the. Is, it's sort of a different creature as a musical, but, um, you know, as opposed to other yeah. shows that you've worked on. So I, I do want to throw out there first, for those of you who have seen or are going to see Small Mouth Sounds, if you ever had a thought about one of the characters, go and read the script after you've seen the show, mm-hmm. and you will be filled in on a lot of details that are interesting, not necessarily groundbreaking, but it is literally like six to eight pages. Yeah. Like two, one and a half to two pages each for each character yeah. that's in the show. And it's just like throwing all of that kind of like, what does this character eat for breakfast kind of information at you. And I'll be honest, some of it was helpful to me in small mouth sounds, but the vast majority of it wasn't. I mean, it's kind of sprinkles on top of ice cream. For me, it was most useful and it kind of helped me determine what to do with my body while I was on stage. This was way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Like you think like there's, um, it's going to be easy. Like you're just, you're on stage. There are no lines that you have to memorize. It's going to be fine. But you walk a really fine line between, you know, how do I do normal stuff with my body to convey something on a stage without getting into pantomime. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that really difficult, like, um, to not ham it up. And that, you know, with my character description, she's very fidgety. And that was like, okay, that's something that I can latch onto Mm -hmm. so I can just kind of just fidget a lot. And it gives me something to do that kind of I don't know it helps me focus I guess a little bit more maybe not worry quite so much about like oh my gosh do I look ridiculous sitting up here not doing anything I'm not talking oh my god (laughs) so Uh, so I guess one of the things I'd be curious about is do you ever find yourself in a situation where um, either your approach to a piece is not necessarily the same as those well actually you two you share a lot of of stage time together in small mouth sounds you Mm -hmm. share a little more than stage time in small mouth sounds actually if I'm being real. Sorry, why did I make that noise? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, if you didn't just click to buy your tickets, <laughs> right yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know what else we can do. So I'm curious about, you know, working with other actors whose processes may or may not kind of line up with yours or when the director maybe has a different approach than what you're used to. Um, is that, do you find that to be a challenge or is it, you know, you're focused on your stuff and, and yeah. 
I feel like I'm constantly a challenge for every other actor who's working with me. It's true. No, it's I, true. I'm going to be real here. Raise your hand if Michael has ever challenged you as a fellow actor. Okay. Because I'm serious. Raise your hands. Every hand went up. <laughs> they don't know. More people came in. Yeah, people side. came in from the street, raised <laughs> their hand, and Total, left. like complete strangers yeah. off the street. Yeah, no, because I I feel like I have a a a very chaotic helpfulness. So Nora working <laughs> working opposite Michael, to- how helpful is his chaos? <laughs> First of all, Michael is lovely. So, um, oh, well, thank you. You're but, welcome. But okay, I'll, I'll be doing one thing one day, and then like the next day, I'll totally switch mm-hmm. and and go into something else, and won't won't let anyone know. So I, I apologize, Nora, if I've I've thrown you off. That's called um, sandbagging your fellow actors, <laughs> or it's called theater in process. <laughs> Well, yeah, you yeah. Bring it, Sandbagging bring it your fellow around. actors didn't look as good in the logo, though. So. <laughs> Actually, I don't really notice you doing that. I don't. I mean, maybe you feel like you're you're doing that more than you actually are. But I have not had a problem. That's interesting. Yeah, and like, I don't know if it's just in it, my brain. I'm like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay, cool. Um, it also helps that I don't have many lines. Oh, oh that's okay. True. Maybe that that's is true. true. All right. Um, because I tend to give chaotic line reads <laughs> the closer we get to off book date. <laughs> Have you considered working on that? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I just had one last thing. Unless, is there anything else no. before we wrap up with these two? One word to describe your process. What would it be? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid thought. I I think it's going to be chaotic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think I I just want my process to be like a a Tasmanian devil. And what do you hope comes from that chaos? Order. I've had great theater educators, and Sean being one of them who is right here. And many of my theater educators have been, again on one end of an extreme of a sliding spectrum. And so I feel that a lot of my process is kind of like channeling every one of their extremes, figuring out which one works, and then like using that in a specific moment. Um, So it may be, uh, you know, Paula Barrett's fingertips, or it may be uh, thinking of how Sean would analyze a text, or it may be uh, Elena's psychological gesture. Uh, but in the early stages, a million different ideas are flowing through, and I'm trying out each and every single one of them until one of them works a little bit, and I'll latch on to that. Nora, are there any um, theater educators or directors or anyone that kind of led you to to your current approach i have never taken a theater class really or, yeah or anything like that um so literally when i say whatever it's like people are like hey go stand here and say it this way and i'm like okay cool like okay. i mean i just right. i mean i think i have um pretty okay instincts when it comes to certain things absolutely um but I just follow orders, I guess. I <laughs> there's some things, too, you don't learn. I mean, there are a lot of things you do learn, obviously. I mean, obviously, yeah. You don't want to discredit an actual theater education. Right, which well, is very yeah. But, I mean, there are some things, like you said, instinctually that you might just have, too. Right, yeah. So. No, that makes um, sense. Yeah, I just do what people tell me. I don't know. I, yeah, whatever. It guys. works. Yes. It works. Well, we appreciate, appreciate both of your takes on this. Thank you so much for joining us. But we're going to take just a quick break and come back with our next panelists, too. Uh, so thank you both so much. Thank you. Welcome back to Drama Shop Live. Now we want to welcome our next two panelists, Jessen and Ziada and Adam Ross. Both uh, Drama Shop creative team members on and off stage regulars, appearing in productions and directing. I'm going to be lucky to have you both. Um, Jess hailing from, and correct me if I get any of these facts wrong, um, NYU Stella Adler Studio of Acting. Um, Adam from Point Park. Thank you both so much for joining us uh, today. Now, 
first off, you guys have been listening in. I'm not going to pretend like you weren't around for the first part of this. Yeah. So if we can jump in right. and just say, um, how does uh, Jess, I'll start with you. What is your, if I was just going to ask basic level process and how does your education that you bring in inform your approach and your process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that I definitely start probably like most of us or all of us do reading the script a bunch. Um, the first few reads, I'll write down anything that I don't know or that I don't understand if I need to look up references or whatever. And then, of course, as, as was mentioned before, thinking of uh, the motivation or the super objective and then thinking of scene-by-scene -scene objectives and uh, going <clears throat> into psychological actions and gestures as also were referenced. And that's a lot of stuff that I picked up in the training. Um, and then uh, every role is totally different and has a totally different demand. I mean, Small Mouth Sounds, again, is a great example of this because that the physicality for the actors in that show was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And you can see, when you see the show, because it's awesome, that it's obviously not just choreography. I mean, they have taken those character descriptions in and developed physicality that informs the storytelling in a really incredible way. And I can't wait for you all to see it. Uh, but I got off topic a little bit. No, plug in no. that show. Because it's so good. Do it up. We'll never tell you not They to invited you on because they knew you were going to plug the... Yeah. <laughs> She's our hype one. Right. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Adam, like Jess, you studied acting as well, but at Point Park, what works for you in that same arena? Yeah, I think that... <laughs> I feel like silly saying, uh, I read the script. It's kind of like... Describe your day to me. I woke up and then. But yeah, you read the script and do just your general script analysis things. Um, a lot of things that I do, I like. I, you know, I'll read read the whole script, but then I'll read every scene that I'm in, and then every scene prior to that to know like, what just happened, so that we can come into that. Uh, and then I go back and I highlight every time another character mentions my name, so that I know oh. what do other characters think about me. Like, what are they saying about me? And that kind of helps build what the character is perceived as by other people. Uh, I, I like was laughing. One. I was laughing earlier when, when Michael mentioned, he said, uh, I don't really know. It's always different every time. And I said, your process is a process. Yeah. Um, huh. And I think that's really cool. Like, it's funny, but I think that's really cool, too. It's Then you mentioned it, too. It is different for a lot of characters because you never really know what it's going to be. But, you know, I do those basic things and then I go through and, and, you know, I write down action verbs for certain scenes. I'll, I'll figure out certain tactics. And I always do, no matter what character I play, I do Uta Hagen's nine questions. Uh, Uta Hagen wrote a book called Respect for Acting. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's... It was a mandatory read at Point Park in the first semester, but she has nine basic questions that you should ask of every character you play, and I always answer those questions before I get to my first rehearsal. So your first credit at Drama Shop was actually Laramie Project. It was. Um, which is a whole bunch of characters. How many? Do you remember offhand how many characters you had in Laramie? Nine. Nine? Wow. Okay. So nine so times nine. Times nine. nine. That's a lot of questions. Eighty-one questions for that show. Well done. Well done. Um, Jess, I think your most recent credit was The Humans. Would that it be? It was. Yeah. So just one character. So that was super easy, right? Um, <laughs> what was your challenge maybe with that show? Because so I know there were many. challenge with that show, that's, for that show, that's a really good question, um, is that I have to shamefully admit that I felt like I was a lot like that character. Um, some of the ways that she was bratty with her parents or... Um, dramatic with her boyfriend or you know wanting that chinatown apartment even though it sucks like those <laughs> i relate to those things very well and that was a tricky thing because it's kind of uh a little scarier for me personally when a character is more like me uh, that's really interesting that mind. is because I, I feel like the easier thing to do is go oh she's a lot like me so maybe i don't have to work quite as hard or i don't have to develop this other person because a lot of it's already in me Sure. I mean, you're always using yourself, right? You're always viewing your character from the perspective of this is who I am and this is how I interpret this. But um, there's, a, there's an extra like peeling away and there's an extra element of that vulnerability in finding your character, right? When the character is like you. Yeah. And you can't put on an accent or a crazy hat or whatever and be somebody totally different. And in that show too, you're also working with a piece that unfolds in real time, right? So you don't really... Yeah. 
leave the stage, and if you do, so it's cool. only as long as your character would be off the stage. So yeah, there's all kinds of additional challenges. Not that there's less like work that. for that, but there's almost less work for that because. You have to do a lot of work in shows where did I say? Not that it's this, but it I is mean there. it's fair. Um, but but honestly, I mean, because you have to do a lot of work when you're doing a show when you're not on stage a lot. Because okay, what happens? I have to know. Mm-hmm. But you know, acting is reacting. So Takes if you're a little bit of the whole time reacting what's happening. There's not you can't really plot. Things, take some of the guesswork out of it, right? Because yeah. it's all happening. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Although I guess then then you you run into am I being honest in my reaction right. or am I like. Right. I'm so shocked and angered by this information. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Print it. Lock it down. That's that's great. (laughs) A lot of my professors at school would always say, you know, keep it as simple as you can at times. Use as much as you as you can. Not not in a way of like be you, but like there's a reason why we do plays over and over and over and over again because they're going to be different every time because it's a different person. Mm -hmm. The whole point of live theater is to use yourself because if it wasn't that we would just have the same people do it over and over again yeah that's at least that's how i feel about it well i like your your comment about you know if it's the things that you that you sort of like or the positive attributes of yourself versus the things that are negatives right i'm thinking jess when you directed me in the flick right and there Uh, there were things in sam that you know i could certainly identify with i mean you have to find those things you identify with or, or it you know doesn't feel true to you right so, but they weren't necessarily my my bright, shiny qualities <laughs> is, that I like to is, celebrate. Which is helpful as an actor because you know what that battle's like. Yeah. But it's not you because you have to say, okay, I know how I feel about this, but how does Sam feel yeah. about this? Yeah. How does this, because they are a different person. Yeah, you're right. So that, but, that first step is these are the things that are like me in this exactly. character and then finding, okay, but what's different? Because yeah. there's definitely a difference here. So, a, so how do a, I... There's a famous, I'm going to totally butcher this, by the way, but there's a, there's a quote between uh, Chekhov and Stanislavski where they're, they're talking about how to, how to build a character. And one of them says, you know, the character is like this form, it's entity in front of me. And I like to step into the character. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's like, no, 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 no. That's cool. Cool. You have the characters in front of you, but I like to take them and pull them into me. So yeah. th- like there's subtle differences, but there's differences between those. And, some things work for some people and some things don't, but there is a level of, you know, you are in part of that equation, whether mm-hmm. you're stepping in away from yourself or pulling some, some, you know, foreign thing towards you, whether you're doing that, you're part of the equation, no matter what. I had heard once that Liam Neeson says he always starts with his shoes, that as soon as he can get the pair of shoes that to him feel like his character, he knows he's going to find the rest of it. And so you and I, yeah, definitely. (laughs) No, but that sounds so cool. Um, Adam and I both brought notebooks Mm -hmm. to write notes. (laughs) Uh, Michael and Nora did not have notebooks. (laughs) Two people that you brought with theater degrees showed up with notebooks. Michael and Nora are chaotic and whatever, so I wouldn't want them to have a notebook. It wouldn't be true to them. (laughs) It wouldn't feel right. Yeah. I don't know. If you look at my notebook, it's not that orderly. Yeah. But, but so that made me think of, yeah, for, for some actors and, and for me, for some roles, I would start with a physical element. And you and I both talked about script analysis probably because yeah. we feel like the play script is our Bible when we get right. on stage, right? And if the, I mean, if the playwright's good enough, they give you everything you need. I mean, they talk about Shakespeare directing you from the grave because of how it's, yeah. I can go on for that forever. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Well, you two obviously come in with a lot of established things about the process that you do. And, and although that may change, um, you kind of have methods that, that you use to, to work on a show. But how do you continue to then grow as a, as a theater artist, even like at that level? You mean like in a show specifically or just in general? Just in general. I well, mean, just as an artist. I think, I think that you have to realize that it's always an ever-growing process. And I, I, I promise I'm not plugging process as much as I uh, We want you to. Podcast. I was going to say, did you see the name you know, of it? I had my first professor at Point Park. is a tenured professor. He used to run the program. He's directs and acts like, he did, like he's got Hollywood credits, Broadway credits. And he said that at once a year he takes an acting class. Mm-hmm. And that really hit me right in, the, right in the face. I was like, I like that. Really? Like, I've seen you do things. You're brilliant. And he's always like, you never, ever stop. It, it legitimately, we would talk all the time about how we should consider ourselves athletes. Because 
athletes are never stop training. They mm-hmm. ne- even in the off season, they're weightlifting, they're practicing. And if you're an actor, much like us, legitimately, <laughs> legitimately, that got a bigger laugh than I was hoping for. I'll be honest. I laugh at everything. So. Thanks, guys. But legitimately, you're 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 always training. You're always growing. And you know, in your off season, you you. you you're finding things, okay, what am I not as good at that I would like to be better at? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to attack when I'm not working. And if you stop doing that and you slip up, I mean, you're, you won't be as good as you can be. And I just, I think that, um, I I hope that when you invited me, you knew I was going to find a football reference. But, <laughs> I'd be disappointed <laughs> but if you didn't. I'm a huge Bills fan. We're 3-0. Woo-woo. Uh, but yeah, well, my, we're 0-3, right. so <laughs> one of my favorite woo, woo yourself. retired last year. And mm-hmm. I got to be, his name's Kyle Williams, 15 years in the NFL, one of, like the heartbeat of the team. And at the end, he said like, – he was at his pref- press conference and he went – he said at his first NFL practice, his coach said, you're terrible. You need to apply yourself. And he said, I knew at that moment that I would regret it for the rest of my life but I did not to dedicate my entire life to what I loved. Hmm. And so, you know, the day the day that I decided to stop studying when I was – when I was at Penn State and go to acting, I, I knew I was like, as soon as I walk in, I cannot waste a day – not doing something that I love or working on it. So, I mean, you know, in, you're in freshman. I, I was like 20 when I went to Point Park and there, I'm there with 17 and 18 year olds and they're all like, oh, where's the party? And I was like, uh, I'm going to be doing monologue on Friday night. So. <laughs> that is a party. That- <laughs> it's a party if yeah. it's me. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely studying and being part of any workshop you can mm-hmm. anytime is a great idea. I totally agree with that. Seeing shows is important. Um, oh, also, absolutely. yeah, definitely. You learn from seeing, and especially if it's something that you want to do, somebody else's portrayal is like gold. Um, but also, I think of Stella Adler saying that everything you do in your life is part of what you do as an artist. Every experience you have is valuable. So, being in the world, getting out there, doing things, reading books, seeing films. Uh, enjoying art, studying history, everything informs what you're going to create. So what would you each say is kind of the most rewarding part of, of being an actor, of doing theater? I think for me it would be the connection uh, with the other actor, creating that, not only that other world, that other universe, but the relationship that's there. And when you get on one of those roles where it's really natural and it feels really real and easy, that's such an incredible feeling. Adam? I would say I've never really had any aspirations to be sort of a famous person or be on Broadway. I really not. I mean, obviously yeah. that'd be cool because we all would love that. But I like legitimately, that's never been anything that I have wanted. I've always said that if I could make a living doing good, impactful theater that inspired other people or moved other people or just took them away from their lives, that would be fine with me. And that's why I love Drama Shop because I think that's what we do here. And, you know, that's why, you know, when I had to come home, I was upset, but I've been able to do so much local theater here. And I've had so many people come to me and just be like, you know, I was having a terrible day or a terrible week or, or, or this really horrible thing happened, but you, you took us away from it. And so that is the best thing for me how much it means to have somebody come up to you and say, like, I've been going through this terrible thing right now, but sitting in that audience for two minutes just helped me or, or healed me or inspired me to do something about it or even just I didn't have to think about it for two hours, yeah. you know? Um, but, yeah. So. That was such a beautiful, generous answer. <laughs> it really was, too. I mean, I just, I live for these kind of conversations. I wish I could have them every day, so... Thank well, you, let's do more you, of this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all for letting me be a part of it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, thank you both very much. We do very much appreciate it, too. Um, we're going to take one last quick break and bring back our entire panel and get some final reflections for Shop Talk Live. And some questions from the audience, too. Shop Talk Live. We have all four of our panelists joining us. Um, so we just want to go down the line real quick, get a, a couple last takes from you guys. And again, we super appreciate everybody being here today. Thank you so much for sharing your ideas on process with us. It's it's important to have these discussions. So thank you very much. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, advice for other actors on how to approach the process. Can we start with you, Jess. Trust that everything you need is in the script or in yourself. 
I like that. Nora? Just do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would say don't, don't ever be afraid of looking silly. I think that... Word. One, one, like yeah, one that. of my favorite teachers at Point Park used to say, always approach every role and every show as if you're a child again because children don't know right from wrong at a certain point, so they do some of the most incredible things. So go back to that mindset of nothing I'm doing right now is wrong, and then you'll find cool things. Think about what you're going to do, then try the opposite, and then probably go back to the original. (laughs) (laughs) Just scare yourself. I like that. That's good advice. What do you do when things just aren't going right or you're getting discouraged because you're not finding your character or, you know, it's just not coming together? Uh, pretty much what I just said. Uh, <laughs> if, if I'm not doing something, something's not clicking, I will just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. I will try different voices, different movements. I will pick the most ridiculous person I've ever seen in a crowd and try to become them. And if that doesn't work, well, then I'll go back to normal. That's what happened a lot with Fun Home is I had no idea what the heck to do. So I just tried different things until one night something sort of worked and I was like, cool. And that was Roy, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say whiskey. <laughs> whiskey? Okay, no, I'm kidding. Okay. I was going to say drinking, too. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, there we go. <laughs> I spent money on my degree, and she's already there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say ask somebody for help. I-, I think that one of my favorite things about doing a show with people is that a good show is when people are taking each other's help and advice and, and, the, and it's all working together sort of as an ensemble rather than so I, I really think literally legitimately ask some people for help you know I think that's good life advice too it is ask for help if you need it I can't really that was what I was gonna say why did I sit between the two most <laughs> articulate people on this panel um but yeah, yeah you should have sat by Michael <laughs> I really should have uh, I'm not articulate I just brought my notebook <laughs> I really do adore you Michael I'm sorry <laughs> Um, anyway, I, yeah, I think it's important again in theater and in life to realize that sometimes, you know, there's just stuff you can't do on your own. So most of the time, time, yeah. Um, and if, you know, if something isn't working, yeah, ask for help from the people around you, um, your directors, your fellow actors, the stage crew, whoever, someone might have a great idea. You never know. I'd like to add to this. I think you should also complain to everybody in your inner circle about how much trouble you're having with the show and how nervous you are about it. And is it ever going to be ready for people to see? And then you can come into the rehearsal room and fail bigger and figure it out. And it'll be awesome. And then all your friends will be like, what? I thought you said it was going so rough and it's great. And you'll be like, I know. I mean, thank you. (laughs) I think they already kind of answered my last question. So if we want to start with the audience, that would be Yeah, let's do it. Who's got questions? Hi, I'm Sean. And I have a question for the panel. Um, If you were to imagine like, uh, like you've all performed on the stage, the ideal audience person for the kinds of shows and the kinds of performances you've had. What is one quality to that audience person, uh, that audience person that you would like to like uh, affirm? Like I like performing for blank. Oh my God. Can I go ahead? For the love of God, people, there are jokes in these shows. Laugh at them. <laughs> it honest to Pete, like you do <laughs> like, you, you know what's funny when you do the show a million times. In a row. There's so much funny stuff in small mouth sounds. Come see it Friday and Saturday. Um, Did we mention that I we're would, doing small mouth sounds? Right, yeah, we're yeah. doing small mouth sounds. Um, there's so much funny stuff in that show. Uh, and I just want people to laugh at it. So please laugh at stuff. Yeah, we want a passionate audience. Mm-hmm. Investment in general. Even when it's not laughter or applause or, or sniffles. You can feel it. You can feel when your audience is really with you. So if I were to say it in one word, investment. I think it's, I, 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 those are great answers. I think it's a hard question. I really do because you're, you're taught a lot to, you know, don't let what the audience does affect you, but we're mm-hmm. human, so we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I would just say 
an audience member that's completely open to the experience they're about to have. Because there are going to be some people who don't make noises, and then later they're going to be crying when they shake your hand saying, we moved them so much. And they're going to be people who could not shut up who just walk right out. So I would just say people who are totally open to whatever's going to happen during that evening. I would say a curious audience. Because I don't... I, I, I don't care if you laugh or if you don't laugh. I, I, I don't because I'm going to give... Screw the, you, audience. I'm going to give the same performance. Like, I, in small mouth sounds, I go to a lake and I take off my clothes. And I'm going to take off my clothes whether you laugh at me taking off my clothes or not. Weirdly enough, we just had a bunch of tickets returned. <laughs> it's weird. That doesn't usually happen. Sold out. No, opposite. No, Crazy. first time. Crazy how that. You works. haven't seen the show, Adam. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> so I, your reaction is less important to me than your willingness to have a reaction. You know, to to be interested right. in whatever because I'm interested in what your reaction is going to be, and I'm going to feed off of that. I changed my mind. Oh. I want, yeah, openness. <laughs> you can have both. It doesn't have to be one. Yeah, I guess that's part it of can being be invested. An investment in yeah, openness. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Laugh great. Laugh at the jokes. Back All to right. the audience. <laughs> we have a question from Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi, I'm Anna. Tell us um, a fun fact about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys have talked about your acting process um, sort of once you're like already in the room and you have the role. But I'm curious about um, your experience as someone who auditions for shows. Because I know like once, once you're in the room, um, as an actor, I love that process, but I find auditions like debilitatingly terrible. So I'm curious um, how that is for you guys. Well, there is an audition workshop coming up that you could probably attend. I don't know. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I really think th- this is an awesome question because... Uh, I used to be really terrified of auditions too, but now they're my favorite thing in the world because a in a you know fast-paced world where most actors are also working other places, mm-hmm. that's my space to create. And at a certain point, I just stop not really wor- caring. I don't want to say caring, but not really paying much mind to what the people at the table are thinking because that's my time to fuel my passion. That's my time to create something cool that I'm enjoying and then I stop like thinking about them and then more often than not the people who are auditioning seem to think that that is really cool so I also find auditions really nerve-wracking and I try to invest in you guys Stella Adler saying that auditioning should be like brushing your teeth you should do it every day and not think about it uh, and Everybody rushes to look up Stella Adler. <laughs> yeah, she rocks. Um, but I guess for me, again, like reading the play, that's so basic, but reading the play, having an idea of who I might want to play, and having an idea about that helps me to feel less anxious about it. Incidentally, the at-home drinking game for this podcast is to drink anytime Adam mentions Point Park <laughs> or Jess mentions Stella Adler. <laughs> Are so go back it? to the beginning. <laughs> Start again. Start over. Um, can I? All right, I'm going to anyway. I'm going to get on a soapbox. I was going to say probably not. I'm but... going to get on a soapbox for a second. All right. So I think that auditions, especially for a, a city like Erie, it's, it's interesting. And I, as an actor, can't talk about it without talking about privilege in theater in general uh and the fact that you know i am a you know straight white male of you know upper middle class (laughs) and so there are a lot of authors who are also of that demographic who have written parts for that demographic and as a result I feel that I have not had to try as hard in a lot of audition as a result, and that's super unfair and super uncool. Uh, So I love, love, love when different theaters are, when they're able to, 
allowing for gender bend casting, uh, alternative casting, and just like being more flexible with the process because we have lived in such a patriarchal heteronormative society um, and the licensing is still, you know, a lot of times you can't switch the genders for characters. So, you know, Samuel French, <laughs> representatives who are listening, <laughs> work with the authors. Let us switch the genders around. That would be really, really cool. And, and, to, and to people listening who get told they can't, do it anyway. And Samuel I'll, French isn't going to show up and show, cancel your show. <laughs> do it anyway. I'll <laughs> throw out there, excuse. too. I'll throw out there, too, that that was something that we really looked at when we were picking our season, too, right? To try to have more mm -hmm. equity in the roles. Because, Michael, to your point, men who do theater, right off the bat, the odds are in your favor when you walk into that audition room. Because chances are there are fewer, there are fewer men even auditioning for the show, let alone the fact that there are probably more roles available in that show for people who, who look a lot like you. And I was going to mention, I was going to plug and say, I think Drama Shop does a great job with that, and they do a lot of... Uh, shows like that with a lot of diversity but I was also gonna real quick I was also gonna say it's I think it's ironic that there's so many roles written for straight white men but it's the smallest demographic of people doing theater I think there's so much diversity in people doing theater so I don't know why we keep writing roles for I don't know but regardless well, even female playwrights something like 60% of the characters that women playwrights write are men right so I don't know yeah, I, I think we're we're we we're, do a whole podcast on that alone. We're Whoa, doing better, but there's theater. a long way for us to go. I mean I mean even in the fact that like yeah, we, we could do a whole other podcast on this. So I will I am gonna get off the soapbox. Off my soapbox. Thank cool. you. Cool. But I think we should applaud the soapbox because it was ama amazing points. <laughs> yeah. 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 The soapbox, yes, Michael, not so much. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I actually, I think, um, I mean, auditioning can be kind of terrifying. Uh, I find that I enjoy doing a cold reading more than having something prepared. Um, and maybe that's just my fly by the seat of my pants <laughs> mentality. No, but um, See, Adam's shaking his head no, so you're not alone here. <laughs> I really, I feel a lot more comfortable going in knowing that no one else knows what's going on either. Um, one thing that is terrifying, though, is uh, for me, is singing in front of people. Mm. And I used to do musical theater and stuff a lot. I auditioned for Fun Home, and oh my God, that was terrifying. It was not. You were wonderful. No, it was. I'm just saying, for it was terrifying. Like, uh, that's the one thing that I, like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever want to do that again, but I'll probably try to force myself to do you it. You will. Um, I will. Uh, but yeah, I do. Um, yeah, cold, I just like cold readings a lot better. I don't know. The, everyone said something that was so articulate, and I'm just like, I like cold readings, you guys. No, I like what you said about the it's kind of equal footing yeah. thing. Is yeah. Like, I don't know, but neither do you. So, and I think That's there's something yeah. human and very exactly. comforting about so, that. Yeah, go ahead. Please gently take the microphone. <laughs> I also don't like monologues, and so I'm looking forward to Adam Rossi's class, you guys. Yeah. I will say, too, as a director, what I'm interested in auditions is – are you a willing participant, mm -hmm. right? Are you willing to, to take direction? Are you willing to play? Are you willing to have fun and explore? Because you're auditioning for a part, but you're also auditioning to be... To be directed, yeah. to be directed a part of that in team. a show. Yeah. Like, so. yeah. It's a job interview, for exactly. lack of a better word. Like, do exactly. I, I've only directed one show at Drama Shop, but it was, are you going to be somebody who, I don't know exactly what I want this to be, the end product to be yet, but are you somebody who's going to take that journey with me? Right, and I, I you know, I... I'm also a director and I find that you more often than not you find that you have plenty of talented people that walk in the room mm -hmm. you want to pick people who you want to spend two months with who are going to work with you as well as you work with well, them and, and so. frankly I think we do a disservice as producers if we put too much importance on what you do in those five minutes of that audition mm -hmm. right it's about the, the long game right it's about everything that you bring as a performer as a part of that collaborative team so that's my take as a director but Question in the audience from Maeve. Oh, wow. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so obviously Drama Shop has done a lot of like really progressive and awesome and important shows like Laramie Project, which I saw and it was incredible, and Angels in America, and what is it, Here? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. 
Um, and I'm realizing now these are all focused around LGBTQ experiences. Um, but what would be like the next really important show that you feel like Erie needs to see that you really hope that Drama Shop can get their fingers on? And maybe it's something that you could not be directly involved in. I don't mean to make that super pointed towards the guys. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. No, it's a great question. I Hey, I no, I, again, I think I will. I will say I love that you started that with saying that Drama Shop does a good job of it. I think that's why most people here are like pausing for a second because Drama Shop does do a lot of really cool shows. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, there are a lot of really cool shows that I saw at Point Park that I'd love to see here. I'd love to see Drama Shop do House of Bernarda Alba, which is all female. If you have not read that play, it's brilliant and it's amazing. Go read it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of really good, and, and I like that Jess touched on this, that a lot of female playwrights seem to still write a bunch of straight right men, but there are a ton of female playwrights who do a ton of work that has nothing to do with that, and I think that would be sort of just my bottom line about this answer is that we should, I think that looking into doing a lot more of female playwriting, although we have had a lot of that, but I'm saying that I think that we could do more of that because there are a lot of really strong, amazing female playwrights out there that do amazing work some of my favorite plays I've ever read you know I do have a project that I've always wanted to do and I will take this moment to plug it and if anybody wants to do it with me hit me up Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always wanted to do uh, a a two one acts one of which is a Russian play a modern Russian play called Smirnova's birthday and the other is that one act from Shaw's Man and Superman where uh, I think it's called Don Juan in Hell. And they're both ultimately kind of about uh, that the value of human life or the value placed on human life has diminished in what we would think of as the modern era. I mean, Shaw thought it in his time, and certainly now we can say that also, and probably increasingly so. So that's something I'd like to explore at some point. That's interesting. <laughs> Any others? Um, there are a number that I won't say because we are actively considering them. Yeah, um, that was the line I was kind of walking here, too. I don't want to give away what we slate, might do. <laughs> so I won't mention those, but I will mention, because it's not even available for anything, uh, Slave Play, which I just recently saw, um, made me so incredibly uncomfortable in my own skin, which is exactly the point. Uh, I forget his name. Adam's taking notes. J- Jeremy. Just for... <laughs> is it Jeremy? Jeremy O'Harris, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I don't think it's even available to read at no. this point. Uh, because we considered it for book club this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you... I, because I think that... And Adam, I'm going to throw you under the bus here for a second. And I apologize. I feel like so often people like you and I walk into spaces so comfortable. Like, ah, yes. I, I, this is my space Aha! And walking out of that play, I felt so ashamed for every single time I have been like, oh, yes, I own this place because, sure, maybe I do, but at what cost? Uh, I think it's going to be a long time before we have the capability uh, and the resources to put that show on but that show absolutely needs to come to erie especially Mm. given the the demographics of this city yeah um it's incredibly important yeah and i'll chime in as artistic director since i'm the you know often spearheading that kind of you know selection process and say that i think in general you know there are a lot of specific shows but just in general what i would love to see on our stage is more diversity um Unfortunately, you don't get there by picking a show that that you might not be able to cast, right? And so that's our challenge. We and I think the way we get there is by doing more shows where um, 
you know, ethnicity doesn't matter or casting outside of what might typically be expected in terms of, of ethnicity. Um, so I hope, yeah, that we get to a point where we have actors of different backgrounds, of different race, different gender, all of that. Um, I want us to be as inclusive as we can. Um, but at the end of the day, you're left with who's in the room when you have auditions. And yes, let's do more to get more people in that room mm -hmm. so that we can do those shows and represent not just people who look like me and Michael, but people who look like the city we live in, the world we live in. The good news is that um, your arts and culture is doing a lot to uh, attempt to make the arts community a little bit more culturally diverse, mm -hmm. in Erie at least, which is awesome, especially yeah, with good. the Chroma uh, the group, Chroma. Um, which is awesome. Another question from the audience. Wow, that was such an informative um, answer. This question isn't going to do that, so sorry. <laughs> um, but going back to process for a second, everybody talked about like different ways that they approach acting and directing and everything. What is your favorite part? of the process the part that you get to and you go finally we're here does anybody have one i guess if you're doing a five-week rehearsal period pretty standard right uh like the third or fourth week when you're pretty sure of what you're doing and you're getting to really just play that's probably the best part for me i think i would agree with that yeah when you're when you're finally comfortable enough with the role that you're in to um yeah, be able to try a couple of different, maybe not like chaos level, things, <laughs> but like try some different things um, to just kind of see what, you know, maybe something might work a little better. I think the best experience you will ever have in theater is when you absolutely mess up during part of the process, which you will, or especially if you're me, um, and then someone on stage picks up the slack for you and, and carries the scene, even though you just massively screwed up. And that moment is always my favorite moment during the process. Where you screw up and yeah, someone Yeah, yeah, when I screw up. Yeah. And then like, huh. uh, like small mouth sounds, I totally forgot where we were. And Matt just like moved my body for me and like pushed huh. me out on stage. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, ah, yes, here we are. And it was like, I... I yeah. Well, that's why we do live theater, right? Because things go wrong and there's just that excitement and energy <laughs> to, to kind of being on the edge yeah. of everything could fall apart, but we're going to keep it together. But mm -hmm. it, it's so nice just like knowing with a certainty that like those people have your back and you have their back. Yeah, you're on a team yeah. that trusts the relationship not only between your characters, but each other. Yeah. That's real. I have a question. I think this might be our final question. Hi. I'm Pam, and um, going back to the topic of bringing new people into the theater, mm -hmm. and I've been trying to think of how to word this. I'm curious about the process of working alongside, you know, people who are trained, people who have a lot of experience versus, let's say you have someone with no training whatsoever who comes in and, you know, we might feel a little intimidated and, you know, what's your, how is your process different working alongside these people of different levels? I don't think it should change at all, honestly, uh, because what you're looking for is that collaborative spirit and that openness, really, and everybody's coming to play, everybody's going to give it their best, and, you know, as much as Adam and I talked about all these different things in our toolbox that we learned in school, I can also say, you know, you heard earlier Nora said she's never studied anything, but Nora has some of the best instincts of any actor I've ever worked with. Oh my God, thank you. So, you know... And all jokes aside, I really, I will say my favorite part about Drama Shop is that we have so many people from different levels because the, the, the minute you start thinking in life in general, but especially in theater, the minute you start thinking you're actually better than other people or you know more than other people, you're, you're done because none of us do and none of us ever will. So I love when there's new people because they will offer things that we won't even think about. And again, like I said, Jess said, we offered all of our training, but we have people... Involved with drama shop all the time, that 
offer things that I would never have thought of and partly just because they're different people but also because sometimes we could become slaves to our to our education where we're like well we were taught this so this is how we have to do it but then somebody's like why don't we just do it this way and then you're like oh that's a great idea yeah <laughs> yeah I think as a director that's one of the fun things is bringing people together who have different approaches who have different back- backgrounds and different levels of experience or different not even just different levels but you know Adam and Jess I'd love to work with the two of you together because I know that the education that you do have is from two schools with different approaches to things. So anytime we're blending those those levels of experience or that different education, to me that makes for a richer experience for everyone. And I hope that we do it in a way that the folks who don't have that formal training don't feel like they're not bringing stuff that isn't just as valuable to the table. Because at the end of the day, it's about the human experience, right? And that's something that we all have and we all have our own experiences to play with. Can I add something really quick to that? Yeah, I because I think I, at this table anyway, am the person that has spent the least amount of time with drama shop. I think just as someone that's come in with uh, not knowing anybody, having very little experience. I mean, other than like high school, you know, very little experience doing this kind of stuff. I have like everyone here is so welcoming and so open and so willing to like, yeah, let's you know, let's try new things, let's hear different ideas, let's um, just patient. Uh, yeah, drama. If you're listening to this and you have not auditioned, what are you waiting for? Get down here. We love everyone. It's yeah. Great. I think this is a great thing that we've had the chance to address. So thank you, Pam, for the question, yeah. too, because while I think we do have some work to do on figuring out diversity in other ways, yeah. diversity in the experiences are the theatrical experiences of the people who work here and work together so well is something that we celebrate. Absolutely, absolutely. Great thing about people who are new is they are closer in many ways to that kind of chimeric energy of children and imagination and play, which we as like trained actors are constantly trying to get back to. Yeah. Hmm that it's almost this elusive thing that the more you train, the further you stray from that like sacred childish play because we've made it this academic thing. Whereas if you're coming in off the street with no training, you are actually like more empowered to tap into that than anyone else is. Uh, who has gone through kind of a formal process because we formalized it. And by formalizing it, we've like reduced its potency in some ways. Uh, In other ways, we're just tapping into ways to kind of like rekindle it. So don't think that you're at any sort of disadvantage. Uh, It's just two totally different approaches. Jess, it looks like you want to add something to that. (laughs) You can disagree. It, if you, said, that's okay. It yeah. would be a different question because I think the core of what Michael is saying is really valuable and true. That being ready to play and overcoming whatever fear it took you to get in that room and embracing fearlessness is really important. Um, but I was, I was just thinking that technique is something you learn and you do in your notebook to leave at home. And if anybody can right. see the work that you did... You didn't do it fully, probably. Or you do need to remember how to play and let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you do all those things to guarantee that the night that you come in sick or that you broke up with your significant other or you're just not feeling the performance, the technique is just to guarantee that the performance is still going to be there. Hopefully it's a tool and not something that's in your way, though it definitely does get in our way sometimes. That's not untrue. And if you're playing the drama shop drinking game, get the drink ready because (laughs) one of my favorite quotes from Point Park (laughs) was, honestly, no, one of my favorite teachers did say to me, she said, you're going to do all this work, you're going to overwork, you're going to overwork, and then when you get on stage, forget all of it. Yeah. And it's true. And I just want to, not to, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, Pam, but I don't know if it was about you, but I want to say, as somebody who's had the delight to work with you in a show, working on a show with you. You were wonderful to work with always. So I don't know if the question was part of you feeling a little bit or you just wanted to, but again, 
you were wonderful to work with and it was a pleasure and I hope we get to work together again. Yeah. And that's that blend that we want, right? That the, the folks who have maybe had some education and those who haven't at the end of the day, we're all on the same level and we're working toward the same goal together. So can I, Oh, I'm sorry. I already <laughs> added my one thing. I'm not allowed to add another thing. Well, this is a second but attempt. But I, I do so. think, uh, Jess, it's actually really fun because I, I feel like, and we've never actually really talked about this, but I feel like we have somewhat different philosophies when it comes to acting. And I think that's really cool uh, that, you know, we can kind of like come here and it, because it doesn't like cause problems. It's just like we're looking at it from two different perspectives mm -hmm. and then it comes together in a really kind of third cool way. For sure. It's majorly important mm -hmm. in a collaborative process to have different perspectives. Yeah. And to kind of bring it all back, if I can, um, you know, what we, I, what I hoped we would get from this conversation, and I think we did, is that when we talk about theater and process, it's kind of an abstract. It's kind of a hard thing to define. Mm -hmm. And with every individual person, every individual director, actor, producer, every single production, the process is going to change. Process is a living, breathing thing, just like theater is a living, breathing thing. So everyone has their different approach. Everyone has their different way of getting where they need to go. And none of it, absolutely none of it is wrong, except for the stuff that's wrong, I guess. <laughs> um, but no, that just that idea that process is whatever it is for you and whatever works for you as, as an artist. And, and we celebrate that. That's theater and process. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a great note to, uh, to leave it on. Are there any final thoughts that anyone would feel cheated by not being able to uh, include? In this? No. Well, I I'm think we have one more mention of Adam's school than Jess's school. So let's just go ahead and, and once again acknowledge that uh, Stella Adler, NYU. <laughs> Last time? Is that it? That's it. No, we appreciate... I was going to drop the Stella Adler quote this time. <laughs> Do you have one? Are you... No. <laughs> no. Well, I think that it's nice that we were able to talk about this discussion. I think we started what could potentially be another several discussions. Oh, there are three I or mean, four other. That yeah, are just, yeah. and I'm not going to start them now. <laughs> Don't push them. So we just sat here. It would be 1 a.m. It yeah. could be. Yeah. But I would enjoy every second. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will definitely open this up to a further future discussion. I hope that uh, some of you can join us again. So thank you to all of our panelists. Thank you to all of our audience that came and yeah. you're still here. So thank you so much for uh, for all being here. Now, I'd be remiss not to mention, once again, Small Mouth Sounds, because we want to throw it out there again, featuring the work of many of our panel members tonight, continues Friday right here. And there are still tickets available at dramashop.org. Um, but again, like I said, if last weekend was any indication, they are selling kind of quickly, so you uh, don't want to miss out on booking your seats. Um, and if you do love us and you want more Drama Shop, be sure to check out our new gorgeous website, developed largely by uh, Mr. Michael Haas, who's leaving, apparently. He's but had that's enough. <laughs> It's fine. I was just saying you did a great job on our website, um, dramashop.org. Uh, you can sign up there, too, to get our emails. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at at dramashopeerie. Uh, thank you all so much, too, also to Kate and Pat Theme, providing their gracious equipment and technical support, too. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you, Pat. Um, I want to throw out, too, that you can hear more from their podcast, Earful, a Disney World podcast. They're also on iTunes as well as a bunch of the other uh, podcast platforms. And we're on iTunes as well. So find Shop Talk. Uh, thank you so much, uh, all of you, for listening and for being here. And uh, we'll see you next time. Shop Talk Live. Shop Talk Live.